Christmas Church. I am uh, Pastor David, lead pastor here at Calvary. We are so excited to welcome each one of you here. Uh, over the last 24 to 48 hours, a uh, number of us lost power. Our uh, heat decided to go out uh, two days ago, and uh, they just was serviced, you know, two weeks ago. God comes back out and uh, said, it's going to be a five-day uh, business days to get the part in to fix your heat. And uh, so uh, we're dealing with uh, little cold temperatures. Our uh, hot water heater was frozen up this morning. And, uh, but you know what? I think about what it must have been like for Mary and Joseph. That very first Christmas was less than maybe ideal circumstances. But you know what? Hope had come. Hope had come to earth. And I was, I was thinking as I was preparing for tonight, really, what does it look like? What would have that first Christmas have looked like for the the Christ child. All month we've been looking at uh, look at the theme that hope has hope is coming and hope is coming again. And folks, Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago and came to dwell amongst us and uh, took on human flesh. He came to offer hope to a lost and dying world. One of the Christmas songs that we sang at the beginning of the service is entitled "Oh Holy Night." I want to share a few of the lyrics of this. It says, "Oh Holy Night." The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, a weary world, a really soul rejoices, uh, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine, O night divine. The title for tonight's message is called A Thrill of Hope because the moment that Jesus pierced this earth and entered this earth, he offers hope to a hopeless world. No matter what you're facing in 2022, Jesus Christ came to offer us hope. And we're looking at that tonight in the story of Jesus. Our lives are forever changed because of what Jesus accomplished 2,000 years ago. He offers hope in the midst of the most difficult of circumstances. Let's examine the birth of Christ and see what it means for you and I tonight. What does that mean? And as, we, as Luke raises the curtain here in Luke 2, he gives a, 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 a picture of the story of what Jesus came to accomplish so long ago. We see a miraculous birth in verses 1 through 7. And as much as it might seem like Maybe a, a haphazard that Joseph failed to, to book the Airbnb or he forgot to go on and, and book the VRBO. He forgot to, to get the, the lodging lined up. I mean, folks, that is so characteristic of, of dads. I mean, mom, uh, my wife said the other night, she said, you know, I did all of the shopping. I did all of the wrapping. I've done all of the cooking. I've done all of getting everybody ready to all their different events. And she says, you just have to show up, you know, you just have to be there. And so many times that's kind of, and I'm thankful for a wife who's able to manage all of that because she does such a good job of keeping everybody on track. But it was a miraculous birth. Joseph failed to, to get the lodging lined up. But folks, that's so characteristic. But folks, it was well known that Joseph was from Nazareth. The Christ child would ultimately be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, uh, But you, O Bethlehem of Pathra, he says, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. He says, for you shall come forth from me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, who is coming forth 
is from old, from ancient days. What's he saying? Every single detail of, of the birth of Jesus was ordered by God. It didn't catch God by surprise that there was no room for an end. There was a plan. It was perfect. And, and parents, if you're sitting here tonight and you're saying, hey, my child is acting up, that's okay. That first night was not a perfect situation in the sense of everything it was cold. It was, it was difficult, the, the circumstances. But folks, that the noise, the, the, the clatter, the, if a child screams in the room, don't worry about it. No one's going to get upset. It's a family service tonight. But folks, it was that first Christmas was so amazing. Every single detail was ordered by God. The taxing, the registration that would take Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem would take them back to Joseph's hometown. The census was a Jewish custom and it required uh, couples or even betrothed couples in this case. They had to journey 90 miles south of Bethlehem to the city of David. Most scholars believe that Mary and Joseph had intentions of staying with family until after the birth of Christ. But they weren't just going there haphazardly. But the problem is the entire area was overrun with people as they were coming for the census there were no VRBOs available. All of the hotels were booked and there was no room in the inn. Verse 6 tells us while they were there, the time came for the birth of Jesus. I love what verse 7 says. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Luke gives a nondescript story of the birth of Jesus if you're local, maybe you've been to the state fair and our family loves to, to walk through and see all of the animals. I love seeing these teenagers bringing these big old steer and they're showing off their animals and there's goats and chickens and all of these different things. If you walk through there, maybe you've pictured, hey, maybe it was like that. There was a stall in, the, in a barn and, and Mary and Joseph had a, a clean stall that had just been cleaned and prepared for them. No, it wasn't like the state fair. In fact, the conditions were rough. It was cold. It was damp. It was it, all the sounds of everything and the smells of the hay, the smells of the manure, you can just imagine, it was less than ideal. It was not the, the birthing center at Duke Hospital. It wasn't the birthing center at, at Wake Med or Rex. Uh, there was no Rex babies being born that night, folks. It was, it was a rough, difficult circumstance. But folks, Luke tells us Mary wrapped the cross child in swaddling cloths, more like a mummy, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for it in. See, he was less like a, a priest or a prince and more like a pauper. His circumstances of, of entering this world were less than serene. The incarnation that provides a marvelous paradigm for Christ's work in our lives. He came to save every single one of us. He didn't come just for the elite. He didn't come just for the privilege. He came that all of us might have a personal relationship with God. He came to save those of us who are lost. The wonder of the incarnation, the omnipotent, the omnipresent, the omniscient God became a baby and was born of a virgin. Philippians chapter 2 says in verse 7, he says, He emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. What a miraculous birth. Hope had come to earth. There was a miraculous birth. We also see a magnificent announcement 
If the announcement of Jesus' birth had been planned as part of a uh, humanly planned public relations campaign, folks, this is not how it would happen. I mean, you could just imagine what would have happened. The announcement would have been targeted to the powerful and influential in Jerusalem. The social media influences would have been there and they would have been posting social media posts and trying to capture you know, their be real at just a moment of getting the star and the baby all in the, uh, in the picture at the same time. You've seen your kids, you've seen how everybody's trying to capture. It would have been a red carpet star studded event. I was there. Hashtag birth of Jesus. Hashtag savior. You're trying to make sure everyone knew you were present at that moment. It was a magnificent announcement. The announcement of the birth of Jesus was much different. In fact, in this story, it was given to shepherds who were tending their flocks on a hillside. The word of God says an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. A few years ago, we were on a mission trip to Romania. And several times as we were driving through the countryside of Romania, we would see shepherds on the hillside tending their sheep and I'll be honest, every time we passed it and saw it, I was transported to Luke 2. I was thinking, this must have been exactly what it looked like as shepherds are, are tending their sheep on the hillside. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord. Because one time we were driving, there was a storm that was billowing and the clouds and the lightning. And I was sitting here thinking, I think it's time to get inside. I said, there's nowhere to go. These men, were stay they stayed out 24-7 tending the flocks. These are the rough people of society, and yet Jesus chose to announce the birth of Jesus. If you grew up watching a Charlie Brown Christmas, you can hear Linus recite these words in Luke 2. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings or good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The very statement that we're reading here in Luke 2 is at the heart of the gospel message. This is why the church exists today to declare the name of Jesus. Hope has come to the triangle and to the world. We want to share that Jesus Christ came and he desires to have a personal relationship with us. Not only has Jesus come, he also died, he rose again, and today he is coming again to take us, those of us who know Christ as our Savior, home to heaven one day. The announcement of the birth of Jesus heralds the greatest good news that the world has ever heard. Just think this, this message came first to the most unlikely group. Shepherds were near the bottom of the social ladder. They were generally uneducated. They were unskilled, often viewed as dishonor, uh, dishonest or unreliable. But sheep needed constant attention. 24 hours a day, the shepherds were watching over the sheep. If you remember in Israel's history, David was once a shepherd. Moses was once a shepherd. But God would have other plans and use them in leadership in the nation of Israel. We see Old Testament prophecy concerning the Messiah's ministry. It says in Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because, he is anointed, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. What is he saying? He says, an opening of the prison to those 
who are bound. Jesus cares about the lowly in life. He cares about the least of these. He cares about you and he cares about me. He cares about every single one of us. I love this picture because it's reassuring. God didn't send his son just for a few elite or privileged. He sent his son to die for the sins of the entire world. The angel was then joined by a multitude of heavenly hosts. Verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Aren't you thankful that hope has come this evening? Aren't you thankful this Christmas that Jesus chose to follow his father's plan and die ultimately on the cross for our sin? Don't you think for a moment, don't think for a moment it doesn't apply to you. Jesus loves you so much. He left heaven to come to earth ultimately that he might take your place on the cross, pay for your sins and mine. And that thrill of hope can be yours tonight. We see thirdly, a humble baby was born. In, in verses 15 and 16, he says, when the angels left, the shepherds said quickly, said, let's made, made haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. This was a humble birth, but one that makes possible the salvation for all of mankind. The shepherd seeking Jesus illustrates the next step in the salvation process. Because God came to earth. He sent his son to earth. He's desiring a relationship with us. But folks, we have to seek after him. We have to choose to follow him in this life. It's not enough to just hear about Jesus. It's not enough to just see a depiction as we just witnessed of the nativity. Folks, we have to receive Jesus Christ. Christ can be born in Bethlehem a thousand times, but not within you, and you'll still be lost. Think about that. God can send his son Jesus to earth a thousand times, and we can still miss it in our own lives. You can grow up going to church and still miss that Jesus came as the Savior of the world. You, have to, you can be baptized. You can be confirmed. You can give money to the church. All of those are great things. You can help the poor, the needy, give to charity. But folks, none of that gains us entrance in a relationship with God. The Savior of the world was not Caesar Augustus, nor any other president or king. The Savior of the world is Jesus, the Son of God who came to earth in human flesh, died on an old rugged cross, and rose again the third day. Today he's in heaven preparing a place for those of us who know him as Lord and as Savior. Say, Pastor, what's the application? Hope has come. Hope has come. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago in, in the city of Bethlehem. And just as the shepherds came and saw and believed in the Savior, you too have to come and see that Jesus loves you. That thrill of hope can be yours if you'll receive Jesus into your heart, into your life. He desires to know you. He desires to save you. He loves you so much. Tonight, a weary world rejoices because hope has come. Don't wait until you get everything figured out in your life. Don't wait until every problem in your life is resolved and say, you know what, when I graduate high school 
and I, I go off to college, I'm going to start getting more serious about the things that I've got. Or, you know, after I graduate college, you know, I'll settle down and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll choose to follow Jesus. Uh, when I become an adult and I, I start my career and I get married and we just celebrated a wedding just a, a couple weekends ago. And I wait till I start a family and then I'll start to get serious. And when I have young kids, well, then we'll start going to church and start choosing to follow Jesus. No, the Word of God says that today is the day of salvation. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. Jesus loves you. He came to earth 2,000 years ago. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He's offering us Tonight on Christmas Eve, you can place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. You can receive salvation once and for all, knowing that what he accomplished 2,000 years ago is applied to your life. You can have hope. Tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed. It's Christmas Eve. It's the time where we celebrate the birth of our Savior. He didn't come just to be born. He came so that he might die. And he died, and he's making possible a relationship with God. I wonder today, December 24th, 2022, set aside all of the distractions for just a couple moments what this afternoon, this evening is going to look like. What you're going to be doing with family or with friends tomorrow. I wonder, have you experienced that thrill of hope in your heart and in your life? Because you see, it's not enough that he came and, and died on the cross. We have to receive him. We have to choose to follow Jesus. We have to say, God... I, I believe you love me. Lord, I believe you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sin. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and to be my Lord and my Savior. Can I say you're amongst people all across this entire building who have sat exactly where you're sitting tonight and they too have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I can't think of a greater time than Christmas Eve to say yes to Jesus, who is the hope of the world, and say yes to receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. In just a moment, I'm gonna pray. and Maybe right here tonight where you're seated, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know and have not experienced that thrill of hope, I want to invite you right now, right where you're seated, to pray and invite Jesus into your heart, into your life. If that's the desire of your heart, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Father, Merry Christmas, church family. We are so excited to see you. Wow, great, awesome crowd uh, this morning. And I love all the red and uh, bright colors and just the smiles on faces today. And we are hoping that you have an absolutely incredible day.
celebrating the birth of our Savior today. If you were here last night, what a fantastic service. Uh, just an awesome time of rejoicing, praising God, and giving thanks uh, for sending His Son, Jesus, to, to earth. It's one of my favorite times of the year, one of my favorite services of the entire year. It's just, there's something about just the Spirit of God in the church celebrating and worshiping God. I've talked to many of you this morning that I only see once a year because you're only in town once a year for, for family and gathering, and uh, it's awesome. Several people said, we watch you every week online, and now we actually get to be here in person. So we're excited you jo joined us for worship today. Take your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 2. We're going to finish the passage we started yesterday at our Christmas Eve service. All during December, we've been looking at the subject that hope has come but we're going to look at the last part, hope is also coming again. As we talk about the, the ultimate desire, when Jesus Christ came to earth, he's offering us a way to have a relationship with God, but ultimately he's preparing us for eternity. And the fact that Jesus is coming again, he is coming again, and we get to look forward to that and spend time. This, this year, earlier this year, my mom uh, passed from this life, and she is in heaven. And I'm sitting here thinking, this Christmas morning, last year at Christmas Day, uh, she was suffering uh, the, the effects of, of cancer and uh, dementia and osteoporosis. And this morning, she is in the presence of her Lord and Savior, worshiping in heaven. And I, as her son, I couldn't want her back for a million dollars for anything in the world. I wouldn't wish her back because she is in the presence of our Lord and Savior. And I can just imagine uh, all the years of quoting Luke 2 and singing the Christmas carols. Uh, she's doing that with a heavenly choir today. And uh, what a rejoicing uh, time she's having there in heaven. We've, been, we've seen the Bible prophecies uh, seven and eight hundred years before the birth of Jesus that he was coming, the Messiah was coming. Last night we looked at the thrill of hope that we witnessed the birth of our Savior Jesus. Jesus came to earth to offer us hope. He came to offer us a real relationship with God. And our lives are forever changed because of what Jesus came to accomplish on the cross of Calvary. He offers us hope that the world never knows apart from a relationship, apart from receiving the gift of eternal life. He offers us hope in the midst of the most difficult circumstances of our lives. Let's conclude the passage in Luke 2, beginning in verse 15. It says, When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over into Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known unto us. They went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as they had been told them. You see, the beauty of the fact that Jesus came, he came and he invited the shepherds. He said, come and see. I want you to come and see what Jesus is here to accomplish. I want you to experience the birth of the Savior. I want you to see that God, Emmanuel, came to earth. God in the flesh came to earth and is offering us a right relationship. The shepherds, some of the most central characters that were present shortly after the birth of Jesus, could not wait to see Emmanuel, 
God with us. They couldn't wait to see the birth of Christ. In fact, it said they made haste. They were hurrying. They were rushing to where the, the angels had told them that Jesus Christ was. God sent his son down to earth as a humble babe to dwell among men, to live as a humble servant. They would find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. Mangers are animal feeding troughs. In fact, uh, in ancient Israel, they were made of stone. Unlike what we see in the depictions, even last night, we have the little wooden uh, manger where the, the, you see the animals came to feed. But back in, in those days, in ancient times, in biblical times, they were made of stone. And it was something that, the, as they looked at those, uh, the, the stone creature, it was there. They would actually place that spotless lamb that was just born in that manger. And it was there to protect them. It was there for protection. And not just any lamb, only the perfect spotless lambs that would one day be used in the sacrifice of sins. The town of Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was famous for their unblemished lambs that were used for sacrifice. These lambs had to be perfect so that they would wrap them tightly in, in swaddling cloths and they would lay them in the manger to help keep them safe. That's exactly why the only time mangers are mentioned in the birth of Christ is when the shepherds were present. They understood the term of the manger. They understood what the process was for. Not only did they feed them, but feed out of those, but those spotless, unblemished lambs would be placed in that manger stone, and it was there to protect them from the elements, to protect them. And it's exactly why they were mentioned in the birth of Christ. Is being told to the shepherds. They're the only ones who would understand the significance and the parallel of the fact that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God. He is the spotless, uh, with no blemish, the spotless Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. They knew what the cloth, they knew what the manger meant. This baby would be the perfect Lamb of God, the Messiah who would sacrifice his life for the sins of the entire world. He wasn't just a baby laying in a manger and swaddling clothes. He was God. Perfect. Sinless. And holy. He came to become the perfect sacrifice. To reconcile man back to God. That's why we celebrate Christmas today. That's why we celebrate uh, the birth of the Savior. It's not just that he came as a baby, but ultimately he came to reconcile us back to God. He came to offer us a right relationship with God. Hope has come. The shepherds wanted to come and see that the Christ child had been born. They wanted to experience, and, and they were the first visitors to see the birth of the Savior. They, want, they wasted no time in seeing the newborn king. In fact, Jesus had been born. Hope had come to earth and I believe God is still calling us to come and see come and see the the Savior who loves us so much that he would die on the cross for our sins come and see the one who loves us so much he would leave the glory and splendor of heaven come to earth take on human flesh suffer bleed and die for our sins he loves us so much he sent Jesus to pay for our sins and to open up the curtain that separated man from God. In fact, the Old Testament servants, they would come and they would bring a sacrifice. The high priest would go behind the curtain and they would offer that sacrifice on behalf of their sins. And folks, 
When Jesus died on the cross, that veil in the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. And it offers us a right relationship with Jesus. I love that. In fact, in the Old Testament, we see that real relationship is now available today for the child of God. Those of us who choose to follow Jesus, to come and see God desires to have that relationship with each one of his children. A baby changed everything. But not only were they to come and see, he says, go and tell. Don't just see it for yourself. Don't just experience it and, and keep it hidden to yourself. He says, go and tell the good news that Jesus Christ has come, but also that he is coming again. He's desiring a relationship with all of us. Luke tells us that once they came and saw the baby Jesus, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They couldn't contain the good news. They couldn't contain the excitement, the joy, the hope. It was overflowing. Their cup ran over, and folks, they were excited to share what Jesus was doing. They couldn't contain the message they witnessed. They couldn't wait to go and tell. What did they witness? They saw the good news of great joy that will be for all the people. They saw with their own eyes Luke 2.11 that says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. A Savior. Don't get over this, folks. They came and saw the Savior of the world. They witnessed it firsthand. They experienced the presence of God incarnate. Emmanuel, God with us. They saw him with their own eyes. I love what happened. Nick. They couldn't wait to share the good news. You know, as a pastor, we're always talking about strategy and ways to, to reach people with the gospel and help them to understand the love of a Savior. And, and we're talking about discipleship and, and helping assimilate people into the life of the church. And folks, all of those things, did you realize these disciples, these shepherds had never been discipled? No one had ever placed them in a, a D group, a life group. A youth group? None of those things. No one had ever taken them under their wing and, and showed them how to read the word and understand it. They understood that they saw the Savior, the Savior of the world. They had experienced the presence of Jesus, and they couldn't wait to go and share the good news. They knew other people who were desperately in need of a Savior. Do you realize every single one of us know people in our sphere of influence, people that we work with, co-workers, neighbors, we have family that are here, maybe you're here visiting today, and, and you're here, they're people that love you, and they want you to experience Jesus Christ, and, and they're here, they're wanting to share and tell the good news that not only has Jesus come, not only has hope come, hope is also coming again. Jesus Christ is one day going to come again. This week, as we study about the Great Commission, think about it. Matthew 28 had not even been written. Mark 16, the Gospels had not been written at this point. Acts 1-8 had not taken place. Jesus hadn't ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit hadn't come upon them yet. And yet they were already going and sharing the good news that Jesus Christ has come. They didn't have all the Holy Spirit. They didn't have all the things that we have today. But what happens is, it, it, what a challenge for each of us who know Jesus Christ, 
have the Holy Spirit living in our lives, don't just sit back. Don't just sit back and keep it hidden. The Word of God tells us, let your light so shine before men that may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Whew, what an awesome thing. What an awesome challenge today. He says, let your light so shine that people see. Last night as we sat there and, as a group and we had candles and it started just with one candle at, at each corner of the building and it began to spread across the building. And folks, it was no time before it went from almost pitch black in this room to there was a glow uh, you got an awesome picture of, of just a picture of all the candles across the building. And he says, let your light so shine before men that may see your good works. Not glorify you, but glorify your Father who is in heaven. He's saying, allow the love of Jesus Christ to so radiate and reflect in your life that people, we go and tell every day sharing the good news of what Jesus Christ has come to accomplish. Don't sit back. This is what happens when we come and we see what God has done. You can't contain the joy. You can't contain the hope that's within us. And, and it tells us to be ready. First Peter says to be ready to share a reason of the hope that's within us with meekness and fear. We're all to all share the good news of Jesus Christ. Say, Pastor, what's the application of this room? Hope has come. Jesus was born 2,000 years ago in the town of Bethlehem. But hope is also coming again. Whew. What an awesome thing to consider this morning. Not only did he come 2,000 years ago, that's history. In fact, it's ancient history on every account. But fact, folks, Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, is also coming again. And for me, that, that's the greatest thing I can even imagine this morning is Jesus Christ is going to come again one day. We ought to be prepared. We ought to not only come and see and experience it for ourselves, but we ought to go and share the good news. Go and tell the good news that Jesus Christ is coming again. Hope is available to everyone because Jesus came, died, and rose again for the sins of everyone. In fact, in verse 20 it says, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God. For all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. There was such a joy in their step. Such a joy in their walk. Such a joy on their face. I saw a, a picture just this other day. And it was a, it was a couple. And, and one of the, I think the man in the picture, his, his face, instead of having a smile, it was like a frown. I mean, it was going down. And I was like, man, when you have Jesus Christ in your life... It ought to shine all over your countenance. You all, your face, your, your, your life ought to reflect the relationship that's inside. It ought to be a good depiction of what Jesus Christ is. When we understand the hope is coming again, we go and share the good news of the gospel. Folks, you can't help but rejoice and praise God. There's such a joy in knowing Jesus this morning and sharing the good news that he is coming again. Whenever any of us have the opportunity of sharing the gospel with a coworker, a neighbor, a friend. You know what it does for the child of God as we share? It's like a, a, a body of water when there's, there's fresh water flowing into it. But folks, it also has a release on the backside. 
And folks, as, as that release, uh, as you're a pond, we see a pond or a lake or a stream, when it spills out, it's healthy. It's breathing new life as new water is coming in and the other water is moving its way on down the stream. Folks, it's, it's life-giving. It's sharing the good news of what Jesus Christ. What happens to a pond or a lake or a stream that gets stopped up and, and the water is it released? Eventually, it becomes stagnant. Eventually, it becomes murky. Eventually, it turns dark or green, and, and it's, it's diseased, and it's got all of the, the, the bad chemicals. And things that happens is as it, it gets opened up and the, and the water of life begins to flow through, folks, it becomes clean again, becomes beautiful again. That's the same thing for the child of God as we get to know Jesus Christ. We're not to just come and see and experience it and keep it within, but we're to allow it to flow through us. Let it be something that is reaching out far beyond us and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. What Jesus has done in transforming and changing our lives, share that with the lost of this world. Today and this week, as you spend time with family and friends, go and tell that Jesus came to offer us hope. Share the good news that not only did he come 2,000 years ago, but this morning he is coming again. He came and told us to go and tell others. Let the love of Jesus Christ flow through you this week as, as you go with family and friends, as you're gathering. Share the good news of what Jesus Christ has accomplished in your life. Church, hope has come and hope is coming again. Let's go and tell someone about Jesus. The song we sing, Go Tell It on the Mountain, Over the Hills. And everywhere, go tell them that Jesus Christ is born. What a privilege we have this Christmas season, today on Christmas Day, to share the good news that hope has come and hope is coming. Again, Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts?